Hello, sustainable friends, and welcome to Let's Act, Sustainably Developing Africa and Beyond podcast. Here we will share bold and innovative solutions that will help us tackle social, economic, and environmental issues that affect sustainable development. The Let's Act podcast series will amplify voices of people from communities, businesses, academia, civil society organizations, and more who will share real experiences that will drive development for an Africa we want. My name is Tokumbo, Talks for short, Ifachiroti, and I am your host. It is time. Let's act, Africa. Hello, 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 and welcome to our podcast titled Let's Act, Sustainably Developing Africa and Beyond. My guest today is Amina Ali. Now, let me just introduce her to you because I'm particularly excited. Amina is emerging from a legal background and now the group project manager at Energy Africa, a leading energy company in Africa focused on the development of sustainable energy solutions. She is a social impact project strategic leader whose purpose is to transform the lives of families in poor communities, especially around the world. To date, Energy Africa has developed high carbon finance projects under three operational platforms. And these platforms are cleaner cooking, efficient lighting, and sustainable energy. Energy Africa is one of Sequest Capital's implementing partners in Africa, with its holding company in the United Kingdom and headquarters in Cape Town, South Africa. Amina is responsible for the overall direction of the company, with particular focus on strategic leadership. Amina oversees Energy Africa's work in South Africa, Mozambique, Malawi, Uganda, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Tanzania, Angola, Rwanda, and Kenya. The goal is to be a continental powerhouse of changing lives for the better. And Energy Africa's slogan is sustainability through innovation. Welcome, Amina. How are you? Hi, Takumba. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a beautiful introduction. You do a really good job there, uh, but I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Honestly, it's so lovely to finally hear your voice. You have a beautiful bio there, and what has actually impressed me the most is that it's actually the now when we look at the sustainable development goals. I'm thinking about everything positive. Tell me, what made you set up this company? I was actually in the energy space, right? And I just thought it would be very beneficial to step into a niche, something that everyone relates to. However, I work under an entire team that's above me as well. Mm -hmm. So I just direct all the work that we're doing in the different African countries. The reason why I went into clean cooking, moving from oil and gas, mainly is because, yes, we're all trying to solve energy problems, but what is the root? Where do we begin in solving the energy problems? And I realized, well, everyone cooks on a daily. Yes, some people don't use electricity. Some day they don't have power to charge their cell phones. But what is it that all relate to? And whether we are sitting in the boardrooms as females or just men, or we are in private schools and private institutions, and we, we're basically in inverted commas, we've made it in life. We all know someone out there who is either connected to us in terms of our lineage mm-hmm. or in terms of friendship, our neighbor who uses a three-stone fire. So it's something that everyone is relatable, that everyone relates to. So when I got into this space, you find people who are ministers and they're 
they're like, oh, you know what? My aunt still uses a priest on fire. So why don't I implement this? Her neighbor's life's better and so forth. Let me first explain what the stove is. We haven't moved on to a completely different source of energy to light the stove. So what we do is we still use firewood, but instead of using a log or or much um, wood as you would on on a regular basis, because usually when you're cooking over three stone fire, you collect a lot of wood that you bring and then you, you know, burn that, which makes fire, which exudes smoke and so forth. However, what we do is the type of stove that, that was implemented is that you can use a branch, two branches or three branches maximum that you place onto a pot skirt, which we manufacture. That basically lights the stove and causes fire and then you can actually cook over it. So you still have the whole cooking over a fire. It's just, it's the way that the stove is made. Once you once you've made the bricks, they are they insulated with cow dung, mm-hmm. and that insulates the the structure. So the whole idea is for it to emit less CO two. Yes. So what we do is we we do carbon trading. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, just to draw a picture, we take CO two out of the air, okay. and by that and how we do that is basically people need to chop down less trees so the amount of wood that you're using for cooking over your fire is yes. less that you're chopping down less trees which, which means that helping out with deforestation which means that there's less impact on a community when a natural disaster comes running through because we find that when you uplift the trees or cut them down uh, when example there is a an earthquake or any flooding it tends to destroy the community at a lot of you know with a larger impact than it usually would with trees because I mean trees tend to actually hold down a lot of water and in the long and then also the other positive impacts that it has is that it, women uh, walk less distances to like you know usually they would walk into the wood collecting wood or they fire uh, you have the young girls who usually who are taken with to can help the mother then you have instances where they, when they get to the wood find that they get raped or they get attacked by animals prey so now you know you don't have to go far you can just stop it literally any tree just pull out two branches and you just take that put light your fire and you have your stove running and so another positive impact is that now that you have the women walking less distances to get to collect firewood young girls who now have time to actually go to school because mm-hmm. usually you stay at home to help cook or collect firewood to heat the water etc so now you can actually have them attending school but the main thing is the health issue behind everything so the okay. CO2 um, that is emitted from the three stone fire all that inhalation over time it causes uh, the longevity of that inhalation causes uh, respiratory problems and most times you find that these women have young babies that they have on their backs hmm. so they so the kid the baby and them they inhale all the smoke it causes TB in the long run it causes other respiratory problems in terms of the lungs and so forth now picture it yes when did you get sick right the hospital when they get to the hospital they don't have medication um, wow. Maybe patient needs to be to be refrigerated in inverted commas. It needs to be refrigerated because uh, you know it's usually some sort of medication that that needs to be under certain temperature. Now they yes. don't have refrigerated because there is no electricity, and then there is probably no medication. So all of these are just you know different factors that we've looked at, and it has had a very positive impact and. This is why we do what we do. That is amazing because I like the picture that you painted there. There's so many linkages, isn't it? So what I like about it is at the 
end of the day, young girls can have more time or free time to be able to pursue their education. Um, The women who are usually cooking is usually gendered, isn't it? Usually female are the ones, you know, doing the cooking. But then they don't need to trek that far to to get the wood. They don't need to be opened up to all the extra things that are going in terms of being assaulted. But I think the other thing that really struck me from 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 what you said is the forward look because you're not only doing this in a particular country you've actually there's a wider span isn't it it's all the other countries that you work into what what made you take that leap and say you know i'm not just working in one country for instance not just kenya i want to go across some other african countries what was the driving force so basically africa has a lot of villages Mm -hmm. and as much as we think that you know we are lagging behind people talk you get people that we've done work in Mozambique and then if they are staying at the border then uh, the people who are across the border example Mozambique shares a border with Malawi and you get them saying oh you know we have such lovely stoves and it's like oh you know we have interest in it and so when you go to the community they'll be like oh my uncle also wants one and he's in Malawi and he's in there and he's in there and we just thought why just benefit one country if God allows us to expand then why not expand you know and just Mm. touch one touch all and here we are we're just growing and he always says that so amazing that the company grew during COVID. The company is now expanding during a pandemic and which is so amazing. The other reason as well was that the reason why we, our target market is uh, the rural communities is because they are only used as corn when it is time for, for voting. Nobody ever thinks about the, the village people but, but the only thought of when it's time for votes. Nobody ever cares about them. What are they eating? Where are they getting their food from? They have to fend for themselves. It's all about getting electricity to the, to the industrial area to these cities and so forth but otherwise they were they are the forgotten people so we thought you know what let's make an impact from the bottom up yeah, I like that bottom-up approach because it's not necessarily what the company really wants or Energy Africa wants. It's you guys have actually gone into these different communities. You've done your studies. You've seen where the gaps are and you found out, you know, obviously from them what it is that they want that will help them to improve their lives. So we we go and we first get permission from the chief who yeah. will then introduce us to the rest of the community. The community. We sit down with the community. We tell them what it is that we do. We show them what it is that we do. We show them how the stove works and then only we say okay are you ready do you want it and here it is remember we are distributing these stoves so we don't sell them it's all for free so we go in and we train them first and we respect them because also they are allowing strangers with them mm-hmm. and they have every right to say that they do not want it where we are fortunate enough where you know when we get there they realize that it's not much of a difference to their life but mm-hmm. it still it makes a difference you know I know a lot of people are always like oh but why don't you guys do gas why don't you guys move over to something more but then yes we're going to give them like we we're going to introduce gas to them but then we are they going to get money to afford the gas mm. you know so please do the little that you can to mm-hmm. move forward and from there maybe you could then start looking at different, different elements and introducing different things um to them yeah makes sense it seems like there's a lot of dynamics going on in front and and behind the scenes in terms of logistics how have you managed that so we're fortunate enough to have a very strong team. So a lot of the people that we work with, my colleagues, they have years and years of experience in the logistics um, sector. Mm. So you know, we have the logistics part of they, if you know how to get this to that country. Of mm-hmm. course, there's different laws that apply, um, certificates that are needed and different things. It's all importation, exportation. But yeah. yes, again, we do approach the government as well so that we know what it is that we, we are doing. Different laws apply to different 
different uh, countries. It's a matter of just knowing who to go to to get the, the product where it needs to be. Those can be bottlenecks as well, you know, maybe waiting to Correct. get signed from the government and all that, which can hinder if you have some strict timelines in the project field that can actually yes. delay your, your project. In terms of the quality of, of the stoves, I mean, I was going to ask, what's the name given to the stoves? It's a rocket stove. It's a rocket stove. So it kind of has like a chamber that you put it in. It's uh, to paint a picture. It's like an owl shape. Mm-hmm. The lifespan mm-hmm. of the stove is five years, but the branches, of course, yes, again, it depends on how much you, the type of branch that you use. But if you do use the, a regular, let's say we use a regular branch, you can actually reuse it. So it's not a matter of using it once and you just throw it away. You can actually use it for the entire day of today and tomorrow. So what's the reaction of the families that have used these um, rocket stoves? What have they said? It's been exhilarating, to be quite honest. It's so amazing. The responses are, they are so heartwarming. I'll give you a break, like what happened in our recent travel to Angola, which is about last week. Yes, um, yes. The community. So we went into the community and we're showing them how to make the stoves. And the way that we, like the way our pots are made, we have our pot skirt plate which basically holds the branches together however if you turn it around it actually is a brick molder Mm. so you can see mold bricks from it so when we taught when we taught the community that part they were so amazed because they don't really live in uh brick houses they also decided that you know this is actually a lucrative business so now they started making bricks and started selling the bricks but when we were in the community when they saw you know we were there for about two weeks and when they realize the impact that it has over just like one one try or two tries of cooking over the stove, they were so happy that the community all came together and they all contributed a little bit of food just so that they could have lunch. Different villages where they are so happy, you know. So you know, so usually when we implement the stove, we do go back to make sure that the stove is still fine and they still have all the parts and there's anything missing that you know we could you know help them, guide them, whatever it is. And yes. when we go back, just all, always so excited and just always you know, oh, do you have one more so I could give it to my sister? You have one more, my daughter is married. So they're very happy and they've received it very well. And we also make sure that even though we are just distributing it, we always make sure that our quality is up to standard because. We are at the end of the day an ISO or an ISO 9000, which is basically an international standard. So we make sure that our parts have are of quality. Yes, the people have received it and they continue to receive it so well. When you say they received it so well, it means that you know the buy-in is you've got the buy-in. That's one. Yes. And then secondly, dual use of the of the stove is quite interesting because maybe if the women are the ones that are are, are cooking at that particular time, then the guys can also use it to, to make the bricks. Which That's it. Exactly. Innovations like this are really great because not only does it impact positively in communities, it also empowers the people that use these these tools, which is, yeah. They see, like they said, now they start to see that, oh, you know what, we could actually, there's so much more to life, you know? It's not just a, a tunnel. And they also then start to think bigger, better. But I mean, they would have never thought that they could sell bricks, you know. And the next thing, maybe you get the, the young boys who could then start saying, start looking at um, building houses. Mm-hmm. And that's another, that's expansion, that's construction, that's infrastructure for, the, for, for a community, for the country and for the continent as a whole. 
Exactly. And so I think it takes me to my next quest question. I know you mentioned that your distributors and, you know, the whole essence again, or one of the key things you do is to ensure the quality of the products that you provide, you know, are fit for purpose. But how do you distribute them for free? So we do carbon trading. So we have our implementing partner, which is CQC, Sequest Capital. They are the ones who have the investors who look into projects where the which are beneficial for for the environment which are beneficial to climate change so when they invest secret capital then works with us in helping manufacture to procure the the, the materials needed to mm-hmm. manufacture and then which are then distributed. It's all a chain. So in terms of the sustainability aspect of it, I know we've mentioned climate change and all. Have you gone to any community whereby they have actually been plagued by maybe um, mud landslides or, or rain or earthquakes? You know, have you been into any of those communities where it's almost like a disaster zone, but then the stoves that you're providing have actually helped? Our stoves actually did get destroyed in the recent flooding that happened in Mozambique, in Beira, yeah, and in Malawi as well, where mm. the stuff also get washed away. Because yes, with the water, it uh, you know obviously it, because of the flood most houses got swept away and mm-hmm. a couple of stoves were damaged in the process but of course it wasn't it was out of those people's control so we yes. have been at going back to rebuild those stoves for the people that lost I them. I think that's where the the monitoring and your evaluation too comes into comes into play because I mean it's on, on the one hand they're happy they've gotten this and then on the other hand they're just natural disasters that just affect these are our rural areas more so because of the felling of the trees you know which means that at the end of the day their land is not really protected and then floods and all that you know and, you know, at the end of the day, we can't also blame them because you can't tell a mother that she cannot go and uh, cut down trees to not cook for her children. Mm. And the thing. Mm. So people do what they have to do, but then only when they know better that they can do better. Yeah. And, and again, if there are no alternatives, because what you've done is you've provided this rocket stove as an alternative. So yes. where there are no alternatives, then they just do what they naturally do. And they don't even understand when you're talking about, you know, CO2 emission and, and climate change. All they're thinking about is they need to ensure that their families are fed. Um, mm-hmm. And so the alternative is, 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 is making inroads, which is fantastic. Okay. So before we I mean, if you leave me all day, we'll be talking about this because I'm quite <laughs> excited. My question will be, what do you love about charity work? What, what ticks you? What makes you happy? Everything about it. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not even about what you get in return. It's just about being someone's answered prayer. Mm-hmm. It's being part of the change that you want to see in the world. And there's a quote that, I've, um, that I think it's Denzel that says, when you get give, when you learn, teach. Mm. And I think that's what it is. It's about, you know, um, extending your hand when you also have something. It's one of those um, feelings or experiences that you can't, you can't, you can't explain it. You have to experience it. Out of all the countries that you've gone to on the African continent to distribute the rocket stove, which of the countries stands out in your memory? So I think it would definitely be Malawi, where it all began. Okay. Because at the end of the day, 
we wouldn't be where we are if it was not for those people. Mm-hmm. So you have to give credit where it's due. And they always, at all times, welcome us so warmly. And not to say that the other countries don't, because mm-hmm. when we go to Mozambique, it's the same. If we're in Zimbabwe, it's the same. If we're in Angola, everywhere you go on the continent feels like home. Mm-hmm. And, and the African people are just also cheerful, so heartwarming, so welcoming. So it's not it's not to denounce the other, but you need to put it, if you need to really have someone that one one stand out I definitely saw and I think they have been the driving force to where we are now we've done more than a million stoves uh, in Malawi you know they've welcomed us so 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 beautifully we, we almost in every village that you can of the people that work as um so Malawi is the manufacturing company and then okay. the all distributing uh, entities or facilities the manufacturing the hard work it happens between Malawi and Cape Town so which is why I also say that Malawi is also that for the country where they've put in all the work and most of the people most of the com- countries that have the stoves it's been through the work of the Malawians fantastic. fantastic I haven't been to Malawi so now that you've mentioned that I'm going to probably put that in my diary too as another country <laughs> <laughs> you best to do so you best do so it sure is the, the warm heart of Africa so you best do so and do stop by at Energy Africa oh, they will definitely. definitely welcome you so beautifully Oh, so you get ready for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Before we wrap up, any lessons learned along your journey? Or- wow, plenty. Hmm? Plenty, plenty. I think what I've learned the most is humility. Okay. Um, and there's a quote that, that I, I stand true by, which ties in always so beautifully because when you go into all these um, different places and spaces, the reality hits me that it could have always been me. Hmm. You know, like you look at the children, the young girls who can't make it to school, it could have, it could have easily been me, you know, but had it, had it not been for the grace of God. Yes. But there's something that I always say that, and if the only prayer you ever say in your entire life is thank you, it'll be enough. So I think I've learned gratitude. Mm-hmm. I've learned and you know it's just empathy I think it's just there's there's a lot of things that you learn there's because I mean we meet different people even though most times there's a language barrier between you know between us but there's a lot of things that we learn and um, each place and each space and each person that we meet has a different story so it's all an accumulation of everything but all right then so how do you unwind what do you do Ah, so I am quite a reader so I love reading I don't really get much time to read but when I can unwind I read a lot I love writing so that's one thing I write in my journal hopefully one day I'll become an author or something like that but um, yeah and um you know just when I can because I mean Adulting is very tricky. So when I can, then it's, you know, spending time with friends, just catching up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the ocean is always a place where you can just let it all out and Mm -hmm. take it all in. It's it's quite, it's quite a a reciprocal relation there. So (laughs) the ocean, 
the ocean is different. I don't swim, but um, just sit and look at the ocean, yes. <laughs> and hear the waves swishing and swashing. <laughs> yes, and luckily, and lucky for me, because I'm mostly in Africa, it's always summer. Yeah, so you have yes, that. Unless you're in Cape Town, but it's always summer, so it's always a beautiful beach day, wherever we are. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Amina, it's been so lovely speaking to you, allowing to your, your world and the world of your team in Energy Africa, and you're doing an amazing piece of work. And like I said, if I have any time really to visit any of the countries that you're in, I will pop into one of your offices and, and see how it works. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> That would be absolutely amazing. And we really look forward to hosting you wherever it is that you, that you come through to. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're most welcome. So on that note, don't be a stranger. Let's stay in touch and um, do have a lovely day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Sustainable Friends, for tuning into today's episode. And we hope you feel empowered and ready to develop economic, environmental, and social solutions that will bring about positive change in your communities for a better Africa and beyond. By the way, you don't have to wait until the next episode to chat with me. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Let's Act Africa and tell me one thing this episode has convinced you to start doing. Also, if you found this episode insightful, please make sure you leave a rating, subscribe to our show, and share with others who you think can implement solutions in Africa and beyond. Remember, we're all in this together. Until next time, let's act Africa.